Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to Saturday, June 16th, 2018. I'm about to head to work here in about an hour or so, but why want to keep you guys informed of what's going on in the world today. So, starting off with the usual drama of stupid Watergate, as John o- Oliver would call it. Wow. Forgetting names already. But, starting off with stupid Watergate... Trump was claiming this week that he has great relationships with the other G7 summit leaders, which I don't fully believe. They may not be as bad as what he calls the fake quote-unquote news calls it, but I don't think they're great either. Also in other news, China has just uh, added $34 billion worth of tariffs to our agricultural products after we did a $50 billion tariff increase on their products, so we're in ourselves a tariff for Expect prices to increase there, and the stock market to drop accordingly. In other news, the immigration situation is getting worse. Um, Trump is not doing much to solve it, and basically just following the Republican lead. So, we'll see where that one goes. It's going to be an interesting next few weeks there. But, in happier news... Let's continue on the important discussion of poker. So, last week we went over the history of Texas Hold'em. And I'm trying to remember where we actually left off. But I think we left off, left off with the moneymaker effect. Uh, we covered that. And then we also covered the Black Friday of poker, which basically canceled online gambling and ended the boom of poker until now, where it's starting to come back. It's stabilized now, though. But let's go into the theory about Texas Hold'em. So, in Texas Hold'em, or what the movie rounders would call it, the Cadillac of poker, you get two whole cards down and five community cards everyone shares. It's on a ten-hand table, most of the time. You can play nine-hand variations at some casinos, or in your home game you can play any number of people you want. But ten-hand is the most common, the ten-and-nine strategy is the same. But what you're doing is you have three basic actions. You need to check, call, fold, or raise. Checking is basically you don't put any money in the pot. You try and see a free card. Calling is that you think that you have either a better hand than the person, but not a great hand. And or you're trying to see a card to bet to get to a very good hand. Raising is that you think you have a very good hand. And either you're trying to get the other person to fold, or you have a very bad hand and trying to get the other, or sorry, you have a very bad hand trying to get the other person to fold, or you have a very good hand and trying to get the other person to call to extract more value from. Folding is that you think that you have a worse hand than your opponent, and that you can't get him off his hand, and that you don't have any additional equity to pick up. Equity, um, just for some layman's terms here, equity is your value of your hand that you think compared to the others. Um, you'll hear a lot of terms called like fold equity, pot equity, there's a lot of different equities out there. Uh, there's a lot of terms there that can get very confusing, but just focus on looking at your odds of winning the hand and against what you think the opponent's range is. So, going on other terms, basically, you have what's called ranges, what you think your opponent has based on their actions and what your opponent thinks you have based on your actions. What you're looking for in this is basically, how are they raising? Why are they raising? 
you have to ask these questions to yourself. Like, let's put up a theoretical scenario. We're playing ten-handed. Person raises from early position. So there's position plays as well. So the players in plays raises from early position. I mean, they have to act first in the street. So when this happens, most of the time they have a stronger hand. If they're raising from later position, they could have a weaker hand. But that's not necessarily always true. So you gotta understand as one component of the game. So looking at that, you gotta make sure that you properly understand what each person is doing at the table. This is why poker takes a lot of focus and a lot of patience, too. But, I digress. So, looking back at more position plays there, you have your basic positions where you have your most table games play with a small blind, big blind format where one person puts out a minimum bet and the other person raises it to get the interest start in the pot. Um, then the next person to act would be called the hijack. Then you have a few different hijack positions. Usually they do plus one, plus two, plus three. Uh, these are called middle positions and have a slowly lower range. Then you have what's called the cutoff. I'm taking up low jacks and stuff like that, but you can just use... You have taken a low jack first, which is two before the button, which is whoever's the dealer card and gets the last card in deck and also is the last to act. Except preflop. So you have the low jack, then you have the cutoff, then you have the button. Now, the button is a powerful position because you are in the last act, so you get to see everyone else act before. Preflop, you don't get to see the big line and small line act, but they already have some action in there, so... They're more likely to call if you limp, and their range is a little more capped, but they have to act first after the flop, so their position is actually pretty terrible. The button position is a very powerful position, and it's used as a power position. So you can make plays in here, like, if you have a few people who limp in with, like, marginal hands, you can assume they're marginal hands, if they limp in, you can go raise with anything, and most likely take the pot down, because you have control of the hand. And that's one aspect of poker that people don't fully understand, is that you do need control over a situation, to make equitable and profitable plays. So, a normal flow of money around the table is always from left, sorry, from right to left. Basically, you're always giving to the person on your left over time. It's a natural progression if you're on a normal table. Now, there's definitely situations where this is not true because of skill level and stuff like that, where the flow can be the opposite direction 100% of the time. But over, like, if you were to play 2 million hands with someone who has basically a similar skill level to you, you'd always be giving chips to this person, like, on your left. But most of time you're not playing over 2 million hands, because that'd be insane. Uh, your normal average rate in casino rate is about, you probably play about 30 hands an hour, maybe up to the 40 hands an hour, depending on how quickly the table's playing. But... It depends also on the dealer as well. Some dealers are really good. You can get 40 hands, 40, 50 hands in an hour, which is excellent. But most of the time you're in like the 30 to 40 hand range, which is pretty good. But since this podcast is going on another 8-minute video about poker and my ramblings again, I want to let everyone know that we will be having a special week coming out. It's not Shark Week. We're not Discovery Channel. But we're going to have Conspiracy Week. do 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 um, starting off this Sunday with uh, my co-host, uh, starting off with Daniel Robertson, magnificent guy. 
But uh, starting off that, so we will have Conspiracy Week. So you will not have this regular broadcast of the Poker News Network and Poker Strategy next week, but we will talk about something else. Um, like, jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Something good like that. But if you enjoyed the show, please support us on... Uh, give us a rating on Apple iTunes or some whatever podcast software, and consider supporting us on Patreon. 